You are now listening to Creative Masters. This is the podcast where we interview musicians, photographers, directors, comedians, designers, and other creatives to discuss how they got started, how they got past those bumps in the road, and how they built a career off their creativity. So let's get right into it. I'm your host, and I'm Team Double Machine Masters to bring you Creative Masters. Now let's start the show. What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie, aka Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. Thanks to everybody who's been listening each week and sharing it out with their friends and rating the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. This week for episode 17, we have the talented guys from the comedy group Dormtainment. They're mixing comedy and music together and absolutely killing it. They have almost a million subscribers on YouTube and over 140 million views. They've been on the Today Show. They've worked with Comedy Central and a bunch more. So in this episode, we get into how they met in their first viral video. She was like, hello. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, excuse me, uh, we're, we're up from a comedy group called Dorntainment. We were up. She was like, mm, yes, we saw it. Before we get into <laughs> like what the name was, she was like, I was like, hey, do you know if the mayor saw it? Yes, everyone at our offices mm-hmm. saw it. It was funny. Then we talk about how they collaborate and push each other creatively to get better at their craft. We constantly are challenging each other for the better joke. Yo, what's better than that? Oh, even if it made the whole room laugh, yo, that's funny as hell, but how can we improve on that? We also talk about their relationship with Comedy Central and how that deal came about. It felt like that girl you got a crush on that's out of your league, but you kept trying to talk to over the years. And then she eventually (laughs) break down and say yes. Yep, yeah, exactly. Until <laughs> she realized that you know you're the right dude. We get into all these things as well as how they approach their craft as a business, what podcasts they're listening to, where they're going in the future, and so much more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 17 of the Creative Masters Podcast featuring Dormtainment. What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie, aka Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. I got um, not one guest this week, but actually six. We have the guys from Dormtainment. They're a sketch comedy group fusing music and comedy together, doing super dope stuff. Close to a million views, on, uh, subscribers on YouTube, over 140 million views. So what's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? What up? What's up, what's up my man? How you doing? We good. How you doing? Doing good. Appreciate y'all coming on to the podcast and chopping it up with me for a little bit. No problem. No problem. Thanks for having us. Yeah, definitely. So uh, why don't you guys, you know, just give like a quick intro, a little elevator speech of, you know, who you guys are, what you do, and then we'll kind of dig into it from there. Okay. Um, we're Dormtainment, and we are a group of scientists who study laughter as a form of medicine. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're comedians, and we're a sketch group online, and we've been doing this for um, seven years now. We started mm-hmm. back in 2009, and... We're on a mission to take over the entertainment world with movies, um, TV shows, albums. To be a rat pack, if you will. Yeah, any form of entertainment. That's what Yeah, so how did you uh, you guys all met, I guess, around college, is that correct? Yeah. 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 I know a couple of you are brothers, too, right? Yeah, me, me and Chaz are brothers, and um, me and Mike are best friends since sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Moved to Atlanta. And that's where I met the rest of the guys. And then, uh, college. then he met me, Rome, uh, who became his new best friend, and 
Mike has been jealous ever since. <laughs> That's what's up. Who was the uh, the Buck and Tuck one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buck and Tuck's right here, Emmanuel. I met uh, the rest of the guys in college too. All right, what's up? What school did y'all go to in Atlanta? We went to the Art Institute. Okay, so when y'all at the Art Institute, um, what did y'all go to study for? Uh, well, uh, this is Cameron. Originally, I went for video game design. Mm-hmm. My first class, um, I noticed that there were only two girls in there. Yeah. And, and none of these girls were the type of girls I liked. <laughs> and I said, I don't know if I can go through my whole college <laughs> um, years with these two girls. I'm like, I'm going to transfer out. And I'm happy I did because I actually lost the passion for video games. And mm-hmm. then I and visual effects and motion graphics, which is a better choice. Gotcha. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, myself, Rome, and Tay, we studied uh, audio. And uh, yeah, so audio production, uh, mixing, mastering, and production, all that stuff. And, uh, uh, I studied advertising. So uh, this is Manuel. This is <laughs> <laughs> I studied advertising while I was in college. Uh, but once I found Dorm, you know, once I wanted to do Dorm Savage, that was pretty much it after that. Gotcha. And this is uh, Chaz. I didn't, I didn't go to the Art Institute. I went to the prestigious Brown Mackey. And um, I went for uh, Surgical Tech. Mm-hmm. Off of my, you know, I don't like to brag, man. You know, off of my first degree, I saw a stair. So, you know. And I know you never heard of Brown Mackey, so if you want to Google hey, it, you can. Don't, don't do that to Brown Mackey. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, this podcast is about, like, creativity and how folks got their start and um, kind of came together and stuff like that. So it's interesting because there's several of y'all, and usually I'm just, like, interviewing one person. So how did the um, the idea of Dormtainment come about? Was it something that, like, you guys sat down one day after you met and was like, we're going to do this, or did it just kind of start organically, like you just kind of did, like, a video it was funny and just kind of went from there. Like, how did the whole process go? Um, well, uh, this is Rome again. Uh, we actually, we were down at my dad's house, me and Emmanuel, in 2007. And mm-hmm. we were down there and we, my dad had a camera. Um, my dad's a narcissist, so he likes to look at himself. So uh, <laughs> he had a camera and we filmed some quick video, put it on Facebook, and then it got a lot of, a lot of like comments. And this was before Facebook had the like section. It was just comments. Mm-hmm. So um, got a lot of comments. And then we started doing random stuff on Facebook. And then uh, we brought the camera back to Atlanta because my dad stayed an hour outside of Atlanta. We brought the camera back to Atlanta, started just uh, filming some stuff. And then from there, like, you know, everybody, we always wanted to start a business of some sort. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first business we started was uh, a non-profit. But of course, you have to have profit in order to start a non-profit. Yep, and I know. If <laughs> they don't tell you that, so we stopped that real quick. But we still want to do it. We just when we get the profit, mm-hmm. and then we tried club promotion in Atlanta, which uh, it failed miserably. Because uh, the key is to have people come. Yeah, the key is to have people come to your party, and that didn't work for mm-hmm. our party. And hold on, this Chaz, I just want to intervene in this part of the story. Me and Mike wasn't a part of that, of, of, of the... Uh, yeah, they weren't, they, weren't, they weren't there in Atlanta yet, but they fully supported everything yeah. we were doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so then we were like, you know what, we're, we're pretty funny guys, so let's try to 
do like the uh, the black version of college humor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then from there, we you know we got the business license and everything, and we started on YouTube because YouTube was still fresh at the time. We were like, let's try it there, and mm-hmm. uh, the rest is pretty much a. Uh, it's history. After many, many failures. After many, many failures. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. It's pretty funny talking to you right now while looking at your silhouette on your Skype app. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have the perfect album cover on your Skype picture. Yeah, I might have to uh, put something out then soon. <laughs> <laughs> so how did um, how did the guy, the rest of the guys come into the fold after like the initial you know formation of the business and everything came together? Honestly, that's the pretty boring story they just moved <laughs> <laughs> well honestly two of the guys i mean i don't know how much you know two, two of the guys were in relationships before they came up and i think both kind of ended as they were coming up so it, it kind of all happened like where you know I, you know i guess fate you would call it it just it kind of all worked out at the right time because like they said we tried it was just me cam uh, there's a couple other guys who involved before that that tried the club promotion business mm-hmm. and tried to get doing the nonprofit and then a couple things after that that just nothing hit nothing was working and yeah. finally after like Rome said we put up that video we were like hey maybe we could do something with this and this is before you know even YouTube was popping yet it was just like kind of just buzzing you you would have your minor little people that were mm-hmm. that having their popularity but. We were like, hey, let's just try this, and we kind of just went off from there. Everybody okay. sat down. That's dope. Let me ask you, uh, what was that? Uh, what was the nonprofit for? Like, what were you guys trying to do with that? We were trying to help out kids. Uh, uh, we used to volunteer at the Atlanta Children's Shelter every Friday, mm-hmm. and you know, we used to, we fell in love with the kids and the work we were doing there. So we were like, we want to do something to help out kids. Yeah, it was more on the like the creative side for kids. You know, trying to inspire them to more i think with us learning you know just coming into this this game and understanding writing and and editing and all these things i think all this kind of helped build us to kind of be able to help these young kids that want to do that now so i think when we when we actually do 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 it i said do do um, (laughs) we can we'll have a lot more knowledge than we did before when we were just you know young yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm all about helping the kids, too. I actually had a program that, like, taught kids music production and songwriting for, like, almost five years. So I was, like, doing that all over the place. So I definitely get it. And I, just seeing, like, kids go from, like, learning in, like, ninth and tenth grade to, like, graduating college now and still, you know, still messing with the music and stuff, like, it's really dope to see for sure. So I totally get it. Hey, man, you don't have to steal our ideas. <laughs> No, I mean it, that's the thing too. Like when I was doing it, I, it was hard to get resources and money, and even like support from the um, like school districts and stuff. Cause I would work directly with school districts, and I mean checks would come, you know, two months late and stuff like that. So it just got to the point where I just had to bow out. But yeah, um, it's if you want to do it right and actually make an impact, I know a lot of you know there are a lot of nonprofits that do it for the look, mm-hmm. and, you know. But we actually want to make sure we give all of, you know, a, a big chunk of our time to doing that. Cause we really do care about, you know, kids. We were kids that obviously we went to art school and, and different things like that. So we had creative, we work with our creative side a lot. So, mm-hmm. you know, help the kids that de- don't necessarily had that knowledge, you know, didn't go to the best schools growing up and don't know how, man, you know, I want to do something creative, but I don't quite 
understand, you know, all I'm being taught right now is just to get a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, once we do dive into that, uh, we're, we're excited to assume that we're, we're going to be able to teach these kids something and, new. And we know all about late checks, so. <laughs> late <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's I mean, with education and entertainment, it's pretty much the norm. So, yeah, oh, yeah. I know how that goes. But um, all right. So when you guys started making these first videos, you kind of like on YouTube early, and you know you started getting a bunch of comments on the on the um, Facebook page and stuff like that. When did it kind of start popping for you on YouTube? Was that like a little bit later on, or was that like you know still around oh seven oh eight? Honestly, two thousand eleven is when it really started to get a little. Gain a little bit more notoriety. Uh, notoriety. 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 Yeah, can't talk. But yeah, around 2011, uh, we released a video called uh, "Straight Out of Dunwoody," which was a parody to "Straight Out of Compton," mm-hmm. and we basically dressed up uh, kind of like preppy because we had just moved to a new neighborhood and our neighbors were so nice. So we talked about we rapped hard about how nice the neighborhood was. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Fox News Atlanta picked it up, and then NBC Today Show picked it up. And so it started kind of uh, elevating from, from that point, because at that point, the news had seen us, and then uh, then the national news had seen mm-hmm. us. And this was, uh, not to mention, coming off of a deleted YouTube. Our YouTube had got deleted. Our first channel had got deleted at about 60,000 subscribers, um, and it got deleted. And like 200 videos uh, all got deleted. Oh, so we had to rebrand. But it was a blessing in disguise because it gave us a chance to really look at our content. And then we just did a whole rebranding, like new logo, new camera. Mm-hmm. And so it actually gave us leeway to um, launch the new the new content that we had. So it worked out actually uh, pretty well. And from there, that's when uh, we got our agent and manager and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Hey, Rome, you got my $5? I got you. What, $5? Where's my money? Yeah, listen, uh, we're gonna do some more rebranding. I'm gonna get you the five dollars. But I need, I need to go watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's when it kind of and uh, and honestly, uh, like a little bit before 2011, we did a live show at uh, at Georgia State University. It was our very first live show, actually, and like over 800 people were there. So it gave a chance to kind of. Oh, tell me, how many people? About, about 800. About, you said, said 18,000. No, no, I said 800. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, about 800 people were there and they got to see us live. And mind you, we had never done live at this point, but mm-hmm. it kind of gave us an opportunity to like show our face and show our improv skills. And, Don't forget telling them 20,000 people. Yeah, no, no, eight, 800. 800. 800. Yeah, and uh, so from there, it's just kind of, uh, actually, we still use elements from that show to this day, some elements of it. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it worked out for us. It was crazy. It was in a, um, a stadium that we, we sold out. No, no, that's Kevin Hart. That's not us. That's, okay, Kevin, that's Kevin Hart, yeah. 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 So don't listen to Chaz. You can go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that's dope, though. So that was kind of like your first, like, I guess, viral video for yeah, you all? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and what was that, like, experience like? Because I remember, like, a couple years ago, um, I was, like, involved in a viral video. And it's like, literally, I would, like, refresh the page, and you would see, like, tens of thousands of views, like, every couple hours. So was this, was that, like, when that happened for y'all, was it like, oh, shit, this is happening, like, you know, we're about to blow up? Or what was y'all thinking at that time? It was honestly kind of different uh, because, let, let, to take it back real quick, we never really had a video just get, like, a mil- like yeah. like millions. You know, there were some, some, some YouTubers that would drop a video, brand new YouTubers that would drop a video, and then, boom, they would have 24 million hits. Mm-hmm. You know, we never had that big takeoff like that. 
Mm-hmm. It was a very like it was it was a very slow but consistent grind to like you know we got from from the hundreds to thousands to ten thousands to a hundred thousands and so on was it was kind of our grind. Yeah, our we, first our first million video million view video wasn't until the top of twenty thirteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. we started two thousand nine. Yeah, so. It, it, it was a slow grind. And what we mean by viral on our end, the funny thing was, it didn't necessarily get millions yeah. of views on YouTube, but what we did the next day after we dropped straight out of Dunwoody, we were just joking around and we ended up calling... Did you tell the story? Right? No. Okay. We, we ended up calling uh, the mayor's office. Mm-hmm. We, wanted to know, we wanted to know if by any chance did anybody hear that, that, that see our music video. Mm-hmm. So... When we called them, I guess uh, one of their, you know, secretaries picked up, and she, <laughs> the lady had the most attitude. She was like, hello, you know, like, uh, excuse me, uh, we were up from a comedy group called Dauntainment. We were, uh, she was like, mm, yes, we saw it. Before we could even <laughs> like, what the name was, she was like, I was like, hey, do you know if the mayor saw it? Yes, everyone at our offices mm-hmm. saw it. It was funny. And we were like, all right. So, and after that, immediately after that, uh, the Today Show actually picked it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that party picked yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the, so once we got on TV, it was a little, it was a little different. It wasn't still quite like a viral hit on YouTube, mm-hmm. but I got a, a lot of publicity. It got, yeah, it got us to the right people because that was that was the reason we had to, we got a chance to go have a general meeting with Comedy Central in New York. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of led to the relationship starting with. Uh, Comedy Central at that point. Gotcha, gotcha. So um, you had said something that was really interesting to me. Like, how do you find, say, for somebody who's listening, who's looking to just get into anything, whether it's music or videos or comedy or whatever, how do you do you find like that slow grind of building that fan base has been more beneficial to you guys as opposed to just having like one video, like you know, get fifty million views and then just kind of fall off and people forget about you? I think so because it gave us a chance to actually build an audience. Mm-hmm. And- Roll with them because a lot of times when people have a viral video, they'll get like the millions of views and get all these subscribers, but those people aren't necessarily fans. So mm-hmm. they they'll subscribe, but they won't watch anything else. But with us, we we grew with this fan base, so we always had consistent views over the years. Mm-hmm. Even when people had more subscribers than us, we would have more views than them because we had an organic fan base than if it was just a viral hit. And true friends. True fans bring in like the right uh, revenue because these mm-hmm. are people that really, that really support you and they'll buy your albums, they'll buy your merchandise. Yep. If you just have that viral hit, they won't necessarily buy that because they don't know anything about you. They don't know mm-hmm. your stories. So yeah, it's been a, actually really beneficial for us to have that uh, slow grind and that slow start. And also to get better too. Yeah. Like, I mean, it pushed us to, you know, without having a lot of resources financially and otherwise, and, and then not getting those big views, it kind of pushed us to be, just to get better, to, mm-hmm. to, to want to be the best. Like, every every joke or every every skit that we put out was like, okay, how can this be, make sure this is the best thing dropping this week? Mm-hmm. And have to be consistent at it. Because, you know, we knew that if we want to make this thing, the people last the longest and the, the, are the people that are the best usually. So, you know, that's what we try to do. Yeah, I mean, I think that's important, too, to have, like, that those consistent fans. It kind of reminds me of, um, there's, like, this, I guess, piece that this dude Kevin Kelly wrote a long time ago about a thousand true fans. And this basically says, like, those, if you have a thousand true fans that are, like, in your tribe and loyal to you, they're going to always buy everything you put out every year. 
and you know you, you multiply that by fifty hundred dollars every year a thousand you know it can add up so yeah I, I totally get that so let's talk about um what kind of arose from you know that first video the, the Dunwoody video like you said you guys got that initial meeting with um with comedy central did that lead to the six guys one car before before we go into that i just i don't know if uh did, did ron tell you how uh at our live show we had you know a floating stage above the crowd no we didn't <laughs> no don't listen chance just he gets excited and he starts just spewing lies so don't you sure we didn't do that yeah no we we didn't do that oh, so, so yay jacked that from you <laughs> no, but honestly, um, that first meeting with Comedy Central, we had no idea about a general meeting with a um, TV company. So we went in there totally unprepared. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They asked us, so um, what do you guys got? We were like, oh, oh, we're supposed to have the idea. <laughs> and so we had to go back to the drawing board. But the Comedy Central series didn't come until years later, actually. We, we've been talking to Comedy Central for, like, what, five years? Yeah, it was two, yeah. Because <laughs> the, the initial meeting was in November of 2012. The first series wasn't until November of uh, 2014. Mm -hmm. um, so within those two-year periods, it was a period of ups and downs, back and forth with them, you know, back and forth figuring out creative, back and forth figuring out what the web series would look like. So... In between that time, we were still just cranking out videos, just mm -hmm. cranking out our content. So we weren't necessarily focused on that, but we still knew it was there kind of on the on the back burner. Um, so we were more so focused on building our brand. And mm -hmm. that's, we, that's when we that's when we first got on our schedule of meeting every day at like 9, 10 a.m. to like really create a business vibe and to make sure that we stayed on top of things, mm -hmm. that we stayed on top of skips and stuff like that. And that's really what got us that consistent traffic on our channel is us getting in a business mind state mm -hmm. and uh, creating that type of tone for the business. So that's what we were focused on really after that meeting. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, that totally makes sense. And how was that relationship kind of like going back and forth with Comedy Central? Like how, like, did you look at it like you guys just building a relationship and once you had that initial meeting, did you know it was going to take a while? Or did you think like something was going to kind of like pop off, you know, first month when you when you met? It felt like that girl you got a crush on that's out of your league, but you kept trying to talk to over the yeah. years. And then she eventually <laughs> break down and say yes? Yep, yeah. exactly. Until <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she realized that, you know, you're the right dude, and then she want to talk to you for a little bit. That's exactly how it felt, honestly. It, it, it took years, honestly. It mm -hmm. took a bunch of meetings. When we moved to L.A., we had more meetings with the L.A. Um, uh, office. And then that's really when things actually picked up. Mm -hmm. We always said it, though. I mean, like, all of this was just like it was great opportunities but we always try to keep ourselves in check like mm -hmm. yo this ain't, this ain't the end all be all mm -hmm. you know uh, everything that you know whatever copy center whatever network gives us is just a jumping off point because if it fails we can't just be like well that was our opportunity mm -hmm. ah, we gotta keep the ball rolling we gotta keep the ball moving so we want to we want to be in movies we want to create our own shows we want to create our you know, have our own audience and be able to create freely. And when next time any other uh, network comes to us, we get to make more of the decisions now. Mm -hmm. We get to make more, have a bigger stake in it. And uh, so, you know, that's that's all it was. It was just keep going. And, and the Comedy Central thing was a great notch on the resume. Mm -hmm. And that's what you look at. Yeah, I always look at that kind of stuff, too. It's just like a building block. You just build it on top of each other to get to where you're trying to get. Um, yeah. so every, you know, every notch, everything that you accomplish is just, you know, setting the foundation for where you're trying to go. So I totally understand that. But um, so let me 
ask you about the whole like merging like the music and the pop culture and everything like i was watching uh, um the other day the thumb thugging video that had me just rolling so like when did you guys decide to like release that first um the first album that you did that uh actually we did a mixtape first yeah <laughs> a lot back, of people in, don't know back in 2010 we mm-hmm. did a mixtape called uh we're not rappers but we rap mm-hmm um, because everybody in the group is just influenced by music in, in some way. And since myself and Tay are, are producers, it's, it's an easy in-house process to just record and kind of go from there. So we did the mixtape first, and then later on is when we were like, you know, if we can do the mixtape, then I feel like we can do an album, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, what we, that's what we felt like. And then that's when we kind of started the process of, coming up with songs and figuring out what the album would sound like and that was just a fun process because we had never done it especially comedy wise we weren't sure we knew we wanted to make something that you could listen to but also laugh at Mm -hmm. you know and so we uh tay had the beat for ass on the internet but he had that beat actually maybe like a year prior to the even the song um and then we kind of went back and forth, figuring out verses and all that stuff. And then it finally got, got, finally came together. And I think we released it December. Yeah, December of 2012. The whole, the whole album. That's and dope. then, then um, Thumb Thug is off the new album. Yeah. It just dropped. Um, mm-hmm. This year? Or yeah, last year? No. Famous too, December of last year. La- December of last year. So mm-hmm. it's our second album. Yeah. So on that first album, I was reading that um, you guys were like on the iTunes charts and the Billboard charts. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we was on the um, comedy. We charted on the comedy charts. We was number one for like a week when we yeah, first yeah, dropped Broken Famous, the first album. And mm-hmm. then second album, we were number one for like two or three days, I think, on the comedy chart. So, yeah, we just we just charted on iTunes on that comedy chart, which was and really it, cool. And mm-hmm. because the, from this first and second album, we charted on the billboards. Um, Drake, he uh, hit us up. The Drake, Drake didn't hit us up. <laughs> Yeah, but Drake didn't. It didn't. That, Drake didn't didn't, that wasn't. That was Drake. That was Drake. That was Drake. Our, went in our version of viral then I think that helped the mm-hmm. album the sales and all that stuff so it definitely helped the visuals definitely helped and we caught it at that, that peak wave of when twerking was just getting back popular with everybody and mm-hmm. all that stuff so it kind of it kind of all worked organically I mean kind of it's like if we're working as our own record label the, the, the fun thing about it sometimes when we sit back we gotta remember that we're essentially our own label our mm-hmm. own you know uh, entity so like coming up with even the marketing for it is like we got to find our hit we got to find what's going to be the hit to drive everybody to 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 get this album and so you know we would have (laughs) (laughs) but we we do have like arguments about like what's okay why is this better over this or what what would the visuals look like for this song over this one um how can we still keep it funny you know everything funny because that's what our main 
uh, fan base, like our fan base or our, our, our fans really love is, is us being funny. Mm-hmm. But how can we still make it to where they want to repeatedly play this song just to ride out to in their car mm-hmm. or just to listen to maybe even at the club or on the radio if it comes on, they want to jam out to it. So that's that's always questions we ask. Gotcha. So um, a lot of actually a lot of music producers listen to this podcast and everything. So let's touch on that uh, the music real quick for a second. Like, what do you what is you guys's um, like production setup? What do you work on? Um, right now, uh, it's between uh, Tay uses uh, uh, Fruity Loops and some Logic. I use uh, Logic and we record in Logic. Uh, I just got machine not too long ago, so mm-hmm. usually yeah, recording Logic. We have. Um, uh, I just use my. Uh, you also my, have a microphone. Yeah, you know, I have a microphone, AKG microphone. I have uh, monitors. Um, a monitor is a two speakers. Two, two, two speakers. It's a speaker. Yeah, yeah two oh. speakers. Yeah. We uh, have, yes, we have speakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then myself and Tay just do the the mixer and the mixering, the mixing and uh, mastering of it to the best of our abilities because I didn't pay attention in master class because I didn't have one, but for one semester, so. Um, yeah, so <laughs> we do our best with that. But this time, with, for the second album, we actually went through with another, um, a third party to for the mastering mm-hmm. on the second album. So yeah, we do literally everything in house. You know, uh, yeah, the, the beats, the the writing, the everything in house. And we try to challenge each other. We going toe for toe. Yeah, yeah <laughs> even when we when we write, we if, if if one verse we see is not fitting on something, we either hey you change that or. Mm-hmm. You, Maybe I'll maybe you jump on this song instead of this one. So, but it, it all works out. I Cam usually battles. win those battles. Uh, Cam doesn't usually win those battles. Yeah, I no. usually win those battles. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we do, we do like even even trying to remember keeping the comedy too. You know, if yeah. if, if you're going way too hard necessarily, like mm-hmm. rapping about you know shooting people when you're a comedian, yeah. you, know, you don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, we, we so we just try to keep it uh, still fun and lighthearted. That's what's up. So, um, well, let's talk about LA. When did you guys move to LA, and what kind of influenced that decision to move out there from Atlanta? Uh, we moved to LA in 2013, March 2013, and um, it was that time. Atlanta is only so far you can go for the mm-hmm. most part if you're doing what we do. Like music wise, that's the mecca, but for want to get into TVs and TV shows, um, L.A. is the place you want to be. And we found ourselves flying back and forth to L.A. for meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, so we was like, it's just that time to move. And as soon as we moved, that's when things actually picked up for us. That's when it was easier for the Comedy Central series to happen. Mm-hmm. So L.A. just made sense for everything we want to do. This is the place we need to be. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I, I lived out there for a while, too, and that's the same kind of reason. I was just like, I got to get out of Atlanta and just move to L.A., so... I totally understand that. Um, so I know you guys mentioned that earlier about like treating it like a business and kind of meeting up at the same time every day and whatnot. So what does like a typical like day to day schedule look for you guys if there is one? Like, you know, do you kind of like start with a meeting or are you like, you know, planning videos part of the week and shooting part of the week? Like how does how does that go for you guys? Yeah, honestly, every day is different for us. Every week is different. We never know what's going to happen. We can get an email or a call that switches up everything. Mm-hmm. But usually every morning, Monday through Friday, we meet at 10 a.m. And we make it. I usually make the schedule for what we need to work on. If it's Monday, we usually talk about uh, what videos need to be put out or need to be shot or 
uh, brainstorming ideas or if it's like a Wednesday, we may be shooting that day or Tuesdays, that's when we do the podcast and mm -hmm. uh, um, Sundays when we drop skits and Fridays we got another video. So it could be different. Like um, tomorrow we have to do a panel at the YouTube space and Friday we have a meeting and then we have a charity event. So every week is different, mm -hmm. honestly. But it all starts 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. Okay, that's what's up. And um, so, like, with six of you guys working together, when it comes to, like, getting the work done and everything, is there, like, specific roles that you guys have, like, each of you have? Or is it just kind of like if something needs to be done, someone jumps in? Like, how does that work for you? Yeah, honestly, whoever's best at it can jump in and take over or say if it's um – Say if someone comes up with a skit, they'll lead that skit like, okay, this is what we need. Um, I need this person. We need these props. So they'll lead that process or vice versa. If it's somebody else, they'll do the same. So it's never really like you got to do this, you got to do that. But, you know, people who have their strengths, like Emmanuel, he likes to direct. He wants to direct. So he's usually the one that's doing the shot list and directing. Mm -hmm. um, I edit even though I hate it now by this time, but editing and it's all kind of things. We need a beat. We go to tail or Rome. So everyone or Chaz is acting and it's all, it's all kind. Mm -hmm. It just all depends. It's project to project basically. Gotcha. And how do you guys handle it? Like if somebody comes to the table with like a, a whack idea, like how does that go down? Well, I, in comedy, you just got to shoot your shot. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you can't hold it in. It may be bad. It may be good. Or we may can improve it, but you know, Usually, you're not going to have great ideas every time. So mm -hmm. you just shoot them out. Half of them may be bad, but you may have that one gym that we like, oh, yeah, that's it right there. So you take it. We may laugh at you. We may say that was trash, but mm -hmm. we all know how to work together by now. We all pick on each other, so yeah, it's not yeah. a big <laughs> And it's, yeah, it's, it's best that we just don't let Chaz come up with the ideas. So that's where usually more of the bad ones come from. So we usually don't. <laughs> Any, anyone you don't like, just blame Chaz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't listen to that. <laughs> I'm the one that's telling you the truth about all the things you've been, <laughs> been doing, alright? With the drink and everything. Yeah, the stage with all that Gotcha. And um, so like, ideas process, like how do each of you kind of, um, you know, stay fresh with like coming up with ideas? I mean, obviously like a lot of it's like based off pop culture, like what you find and, and see on social media and stuff like that. But how do you guys just kind of like stay fresh to keep coming up with like ideas week after week? I'm a for me, you know, I, I like to start off with bathing first. You know, I think that's the essential key. So get your mind right. Clean. Right, right. Yeah, okay. Bathe first. <laughs> well, what happened the last couple of days? Well, we ain't coming up with ideas. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Come up with ideas. Bathe first. Well, the good thing about us is six different guys in the group. So uh, it's not a lack of ideas. Mm -hmm. There's never a lack of ideas. Uh, we're always going to have ideas. Like Cam says, you're going to shoot your shot. Maybe... You know, ten out of uh, it's nine out of ten won't won't work, but you shoot your shot. Mm -hmm. So, what I did is just you know us bouncing off each other, trying to figure out, okay, what did what, what happened to you this week, or what did you watch this week, or just pulling things. Maybe there's a hot topic that that's going around that we're all talking about, mm -hmm. or somebody learned something new. Somebody was in a relationship or had some encounter with a girl that says something funny or said a friend of a cousin of a brother's dog did something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we would somehow come up with a premise from there uh, about, you know, what's going on. Uh, just to give you a hint, this, you know, I ain't going to give away too much because the guys will get mad. But this morning we were even talking about uh, the iPhone. 
or the new Apple keynote. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking, what what ways could that go to really come up with something entertaining? Because obviously, every, that's something everyone's talking about. It's on top of a lot of people's brains. Um, so we were trying to figure out, okay, what what's the angle here that we can cross with something else to make a, a, a really funny skit out of this without just something too topical where it's just like right on the nose. We're just parodying uh, an Apple keynote for no reason. Mm-hmm. You know? Why are you snitching? I'm sorry, Chad. <laughs> no, okay, that, that's cool though. That's that's really dope because um, it's always interesting just to hear how like a group of people you know work together and collaborate as opposed to just like one person who's just kind of working solo and doing their own thing. So, you know, it's, 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 it's a blessing, but it, it's a battle and it's a blessing. You know, because it's it, when you're by yourself, you can make an individual decision and just go. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? What you want to do? You have si- you have six different opinions in here of people, and, but. The, the good thing, like you said, like like we said, uh, uh, what is it? Sword uh, sharpens iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 constantly are challenging each other for the better joke. Yo, what's better than that? Oh, even if it made the whole room laugh, yo, that's funny as hell. But how can we approve on that? Mm-hmm. So that's you know, just just making sure everyone's at the top of their game and, and making a diamond out of out of out of the rough. Gotcha for sure. Um, so let, let's talk about the podcast. I see you guys just recently launched a podcast. Like, what was kind of um, your thinking in, in hopping into the podcast game and having your own podcast? Well, usually we have these great conversations in the house, and we're always laughing at the stories we're telling each other. We was like, why not share that with the fans? We always in here talking, mm-hmm. <laughs> having like we, we have funny views on things. We have a funny perspective. So the podcast is a way to get them out because everything we can't make a skit out of. Mm-hmm. So. They get a chance to see um, what we talk about, what we what's going on in our life on a daily basis. So, because everything we do in our lives or everything we see, we don't necessarily make a skit out of it. So, the podcast is a good way to get it out and get a view into our minds. Okay, that makes sense. That's what's up. Um, yeah, I was listening to the one. I guess the one from yesterday, uh, today. So yeah, have me have me rolling for sure. Um, <laughs> talking about the the underwear. Stuff. <laughs> all right so um i'm real big like on the growth mindset and just kind of getting better you know professionally and personally and everything like that so what are some things that you guys do like as a collective and on your own to just grow like in your career and you know as a person and everything well for me um i read a lot of um, self-improvement books or business books and then i like recently listening to a lot of um, business um podcasts what are some so of your I- favorites um, Hack the Entrepreneur mm-hmm. is my favorite one right now. That's the one I'm listening to the most. Also, it was a series called, um, hold on, let me pull out my phone. I don't <laughs> want to butcher the name. School of Greatness is a good one. Yeah, uh, Lewis Howes. I love Lewis. Yeah. Let's um, see. Else, I like uh, James Altucher. He has some good stuff. What's his name? Uh, the guy who wrote, uh, what's a, 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 Oh, Malcolm Gladwell, yep. Yeah, he has a podcast that's really good now. Um, another one, Don't Dumb Down Your Greatness. I listen to um, uh, Ted, Ted Hour Radio, Ted Radio Hour, mm-hmm. some good ones on there. The Startup Podcast, listen to, um, and then there's one I listen to called The Mindset Zone, which is all kind of like, it, it, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. You just have to listen to it, but it's really interesting, especially like to start off with that in the morning. I love how details you were about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also for us, (laughs) to keep us growing, we got to watch a lot of comedy. 
gotta mm-hmm. watch a lot of time. We gotta yep. watch a lot. I gotta read a lot of scripts, a lot of pilots, a lot of uh, episodes and things. See how they structure things. See how this joke works with this timing. And it's also good to read the script and then go watch the episode so you can see what changed, what mm-hmm. what changed, and it's, it kind of helps from a writer standpoint to kind of see that stuff. Right, and, yeah. I, I just made you. I like you know. I like. My main thing is directing. I want to direct for, for the rest of my life. So, you know, watching a movie daily is definitely at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. Every, every day before I go to sleep, I'm watching a movie. And then watching reviews, just hearing what other people have to say about movies. There's a great uh, YouTube channel, Collider, that I watch that uh, they give a lot of great information about movies and, and what people are thinking. Just, just, you know, it's kind of like the ESPN for movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, And do you find that like putting that time in, listening to the podcast, reading the books, reading the scripts, watching movies every day has helped you like thus far in your career and where you guys have gotten? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes you might not feel it. You know, honestly, Mm -hmm. sometimes I have to sit back and be like, yo, are, are we growing? Not not necessarily just as a business. We can just see numbers for that. But are we getting better creatively? Mm hmm. And, and, you know, thank God sometimes I sit back and I just watch some of our videos or I'll watch some of the things we've done and be like, wow, you know, this is actually pretty good or this is, you know, this is this is beyond my expectations. But the hunger never leaves, though. Like, I, I, I want to get better. I just want to mm-hmm. get better. I want to be the best at this. And, man, the stuff that you watch, is that mainly the stuff that I'm in? Like, the stuff that can kind of get you inspired? Like, the ones that I like the most? Yeah, the ones with, with me? Yeah. No, no. Not, not at all? It's okay, not that's fair. <laughs> And and as a creative, like, what is kind of like your benchmark to look back and say, like, you saw the improvement of it, or like, if you make something new and you like, you look back on it like a week later, like, damn, did I really make that myself? Or, you know, did, did we just make that? Like, what's kind? How do you measure that you're getting better? Like, when you're in the creative I, space. I know one thing with comedy is all about timing. Mm-hmm. If you go back to our old videos, our timing was so off. <laughs> like, we would have such extended scenes, and sometimes long scenes are great, but. It wasn't for that purpose. It was mm-hmm. just we didn't have a sense of timing at that time. So you can see, okay, we improved with timing or our cinematography got better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of things. Yeah. Like if you go back and watch our old stuff versus now, you can see the growth. Like, you don't see it necessarily when you're in it, but it mm-hmm. takes looking back and see the improvements. Yeah. The good thing is we have over 200, 250, close to 300 videos that we've done. And some of them push the limits of 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, I'm happy to say that when I watch those, I'm, I'm entertained throughout. And not only are we entertained, but we look at what our fans are saying. They're like, yo, if you drop one a video shorter than 10 minutes, we're going to kill y'all. <laughs> Actually, and, and at a time when people were telling us, yo, only drop short form content, just mm-hmm. the shorter the better. That's, that's what goes viral. That's what, you know, that's what pops off. We knew we wanted to do TV and movies. Mm-hmm. We, we wanted to go with the big boys. To do that, we had to learn how to write long-form content. We had to learn to star in it. We had to learn to direct it. We had to learn all these different facets. So now that we have this abundance of content we made, we can look back and be like, yo, the sound, the technical stuff, the the, the you know all the the framing, the, the, the timing of jokes, the... the you know, the overall flow of the content is so much better. Uh, the topics that we hitting that we're hitting are so much more broader. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not just guys making fun of, you know, whatever, you know, 
fat asses right now. Although we still do that from time to time, which is nothing wrong with that. Got to have the balance, yeah. But, but you got to have the balance, and we, and we got to keep growing our, you know, expanding our minds. You know, like you, like you just heard us say, these these podcasts we're listening to, uh, these these movies, these uh, you know, the books that we read is also enhance our minds to get better. And we're happy to say that our audience is growing with us. Mm-hmm. They didn't outgrow us, and we didn't necessarily outgrow them. We're growing together. So. Yeah, and you said something that was inter- interesting to me when you said, um, you know, if, if you drop a video less than 10 minutes, your fans are going to kill you. So how do you how do you guys find that balance of, you know, staying true to yourself? And, you know, if there is a video that's less than 10 minutes, if you know that it's right and you know it's going to be dope and going with that as, as opposed to, like, trying to please, like, every fan? Yeah, I mean, and I use that, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of uh, hyperbole there. But what? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, yeah. But yeah, like we're trying to stay on top of making the best content possible. So now our fans know that we're doing a variety of things now. Mm-hmm. Like we have a bunch, we've launched our website and have a, a subscription to our website. Now you can get a bunch of original content from us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those are sh- new shows that we have, a couple behind the scenes, bloopers and stuff, things like that, and still dropping our skits on our YouTube. Mm-hmm. So to be able to do a lot of those other things, the skits on our YouTube have gotten a, a tad bit shorter now. Uh, but we have like big projects that we do in between. We're gearing up for Halloween season. Uh, we're known to do Halloween either a series or a short film every uh, Halloween. Uh, so we're we're looking forward to get back to that. And uh, and then we have we're working on a film project. Working on uh, we have several pilots. So it's it's all relative to what we're doing. But we try to make sure the reason for doing the longer form. Uh, content was to make sure we are on our game mm-hmm. that we're supposed to keep people's attention and keep them laughing and make sure we're still laughing mm-hmm. throughout the whole throughout the whole process and telling good stories getting better at storytelling so definitely makes perfect sense um so one more question before we um close out here and just just a question that i always ask um everybody who's on and you guys kind of alluded to it already but you know, like it seems like for the longest time, success was like a certain definition of just like a bunch of money, you know, big cars, big house or whatever. So how have you guys like redefined success um, for yourselves and, and what that looks like? Honestly, um, success is being able to create every day mm-hmm. with, um, with no one telling you what to do, having that creative freedom. So to have our own YouTube and be able to pave our own way is success in a way. But of course, we have bigger goals where we mm-hmm. want to get here and reach a broader audience and a bigger audience. So, um, honestly, I'm happy every day being able to not have to clock into a nine to five and get up and do what I love. Mm-hmm. So right now, I do feel successful in, in that sense. But you know, from a bigger standpoint, we still have some goals we want to reach. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, fellas, man, I appreciate y'all coming on to the podcast and sharing your story. I greatly appreciate it. Um, why don't you let the listeners know where they can find you at online and what you guys up to next? You can find us on all the social media work. Um, oh, messed that up. Social media network. Great job, Sam. Uh, at Dormtainment. That's D-O-R-M-T-A-I-N-M-E-N-T. Um, you can go to our website, which is dormtainment.com, and check out everything. Every, it's a hub for everything, our merchandise, our podcast, our subscription services on there. Um, and you also can call us or text us at 310-974-8980 and talk to us and holler at us. And you can subscribe on there as well. So, But anything- no, no 10-year-old girls, right? 
Yeah. No 10-year-old girls, please. Uh, <laughs> it would be tough for me to talk to you, but, um, I mean, you could still sign up if you want. Gotcha. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, guys. Y'all listen to the Creative Masters podcast. This is Nobody Famous. Until next week, peace. So there you have it. That was episode 17 of the Creative Masters podcast featuring Dormtainment. If you haven't checked them out yet, definitely hit their YouTube page or their website. They got some very dope stuff and they're absolutely hilarious. As usual, you can find me at Nobody Famous on Twitter or Instagram. And don't forget to follow Machine Masters, MachineMasters.com and at MachineMasters on Instagram and Twitter. Until next week, this is Nobody Famous. Peace. <laughs>